0: Jimmy still humming and swaying. It was true that Blue's absence was notable. As a powerful psychic amplifier she would have been useful in a case like this, but they'd agreed in whispers the night before that it was cruel to discuss Gansey's fate in front of her any more than was strictly necessary. They'd make do with Gwentlyn, even though she was half as powerful and twice as difficult. We'll tell her the upshot later, Morris said. I think I'd better get Artemis out of the pantry. Artemis "'Mora's ex-lover, Blue's biological father, Glendower's advisor, "'300 Foxway's closet-dweller. "'He had been retrieved from a magical cave just a little over a week before, "'and in that time had managed to contribute absolutely nothing "'to their emotional or intellectual resources. "'Calla found him spineless. She was not wrong. "'Mora thought him misunderstood. She was not wrong. "'Jimmy reckoned he had the longest nose of any man she'd ever seen.' She was not wrong. Orla didn't believe barricading oneself in a supply closet was a sufficient protection against a psychic who hated you. She was not wrong. Gwynthlin was, in fact, the psychic who hated him. She was not wrong. It took Mora quite a bit of doing to persuade him to leave the pantry, and even after he'd joined them at the table, he did not look at all like he belonged. Some of that was because he was a man, and some of it was because he was much taller than everyone else but most of it was because he had dark, permanently worried eyes that indicated he had seen the world and it was too much for him. That earnest fear was entirely at odds with the varying degrees of self-confidence carried by the psychics in the room. Mora and Cal had known him before Blue had been born, and both were thinking that Artemis was ever so much less than he had been then. While well, Mora thought ever so much less... Calla merely thought less, as she hadn't had a very high opinion of him to begin with. But then, lanky men who appeared out of mystical groves had never been her type. Jimmy poured the whiskey. Orla closed the doors to the reading room. The women sat. What a cluster, Calla said by way of opening. She was not wrong. He can't be saved, can he? Jimmy asked. She meant Gansy. She was a little misty-eyed. It was not that she was intensely fond of Gansy, but she was a very sentimental person, and the idea of any young man being cut down in his youth troubled her. Hmm, said Mora. The women all took a drink. Artemis did not. He shot a nervous look at Gwynplaine. Gwynplaine, always imposing with a nest of towering hair full of pencils and flowers, glared back at him. The heat in her expression should have ignited any alcohol remaining in her shot glass. Mora asked, Do we need to stop it, then? Orla, the youngest and loudest in the room, laughed in a youthful and loud way. How exactly would you stop him? I said it, not him, Mora replied rather snottily. I would not pretend to imagine I have any power to stop that boy from searching Virginia for his own grave. But the others, Calla put her glass down with force. Oh, I could stop him, but that's not the point. It's everything already in place. Everything already in place. The retired hitman currently sleeping with Mora. His supernatural obsessed ex boss currently sleeping in Boston. The creepy entity buried in rocks beneath the ley line. The unfamiliar creatures crawling out of a cave mouth behind an abandoned farmhouse. The ley line's growing power. The magical sentient forest on the ley line. One boy's bargain with the magical forest? One boy's ability to dream things to life? One dead boy who refused to be laid to rest? One girl who supernaturally amplified 90% of the aforementioned list? The women took another drink. Should they keep going to that crazy forest? Orla asked. She did not care for Caveswater. She had gone with the group once before and had come close enough to the forest to- Feel it. Her sort of clairvoyance was best over telephone lines or email. Faces only got in the way of the truth. Gabe's water had no face, and the ley line was basically the world's best telephone line. She had been able to feel it asking her for things. She couldn't tell what they were exactly, and she didn't necessarily think they were bad things. She could just sense the enormity of its requests, the weight of its promises. Life-changing. Orla was just fine with her life, thanks very much. So she tipped her hat and gotten out of there.